A pretty popular food and recipe website called Epicurious has caused quite a stir this week. Apparently, they have about a million, million and a half people who, uh, I don't know, subscribe or check out this website or whatever the case may be. Well, they have announced that they will no longer have anything to do with beef-based recipes on this site. They say, quote, listen to this. Cutting out just a single ingredient, beef, can have an outsized impact on making a person's cooking more environmentally friendly. Our shift is solely about sustainability, about not giving airtime to one of the world's worst climate offenders. Wow! Pretty harsh statement, and one that is in no way a matter of settled science and bulletproof data. Not even close. There's a lot of people who say they are completely out to lunch on this. Now, joining us to give us a response is Bob Lowe, who is the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Uh, Bob, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate your time. Well, thanks for having us, Sue. So, Bob, some pretty inflammatory language there. One of the world's <laughs> worst climate offenders. Your reaction to what uh, Epicurious did this week? Well, you know, they're, they can publish anything they want. It's their magazine. Mm-hmm. And people have the choice to eat anything they want. We're lucky we live in, in a society that, that allows that. Yeah. But to do it for all the wrong reasons, is that, that's kind of disheartening, to say the least. Yeah, and like I said, the science here that they're talking about, from what I've read, is really up for debate. You know, does the beef industry create greenhouse gases? Sure. But to what level is far from settled science? And and I understand they're basing it on an almost 10-year-old report. So so what do they have wrong in terms of, you know, the impact of, of cattle farming? See, well, they're basing it on a report that came out of the UN that's quite, a, quite old. And as you said, 10 years old, you can't... You, you can't compare the the cattle's uh, effect on the environment in Canada the same as you can in parts of Africa or India. Mm-hmm. You know, India, where cattle, a large portion of them just wander around, they never do turn into beef. Okay. That's going to really skew the percentages of, well, we'll talk methane, compared to kilograms of beef. It's, it's You can't compare the two in Canada. The cattle industry actually accounts for 2.4% of our of the methane, not 17 or whatever percentage that they're quoting, 11 or 15, I can't even remember the percentage, but we're at 2.4 in, in Canada, where you compare that to transportation is 28. So Right, yeah. And, yeah, and the beef industry is not saying that this isn't an issue. You've recognized that this is something that you can you can work on, and you have, correct? Well, we've... we've Worked. We've done a lot in the last thirty years to reduce our carbon footprint or our environmental footprint. Um, right now, there's ongoing research on cutting methane emissions further yet. You know, by different feed additives, by different things. I mean, as the science comes out, we'll adopt it. But you know, we you know we did a, a life cycle analysis. I think seven or eight years ago mm-hmm. to find out where we were at a spot in time. And, you know, we took the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so out of that came a uh, commitment to improve ourselves. We've set seven long-term goals. Four of them just got announced. Three got announced last September. Four of them just were just announced a week ago to basically to challenge the industry to to improve even more. We can't. You know, unless you've got a goal, you you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. So we're working at it all the time. We live, you know, we live in the environment. We we have just 
just as much or more of a respect for the environment than, than most people. Yeah, because you have we're, to. we're part of it. We have to. So, you know, we're as concerned about climate change and the environment as anyone else. You know, I mean, there are people who say that actually, you know, um, the cattle industry is a net benefit to the environment, right? In terms of carbon sinks and other things, like, there's an argument to be made that it's actually, you know, it, it's helping on this front. You're absolutely right. Uh, this is, you know, in Canada. We can't talk anywhere exactly. outside of Canada. But, yeah, if you look, you know, one guy said, why do we just always talk about emissions? Why don't we talk about the whole carbon cycle? You know, cattle are, are grazing cattle, sequester carbon. I mean, to the tune to the tune of a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they'll, they'll be sequestering carbon. They also buy. What a lot of people don't realize: the North American uh, Northern Plains grasslands are one of the most biodiverse and threatened ecosystems in the world. Without cattle grazing those grasslands, they're going to turn into cropland or something else, or they'll just degrade to nothing. Yeah. You know, cattle are actually saving that ecosystem, and it is based with World, I mean, world Wildlife Fund's uh, own numbers. It's one of the, the most important and most endangered ecosystems on the planet. Right? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I said. Right, yeah. Now, Bob, maybe I'm crazy. I mean, like I said, I, I've never heard of this Epicurious. I don't know. Um, now, I know it's your job to promote the industry and defend it from these kinds of attacks and, and, and try and get, you know, the, the information out to these people. But my thinking is, who cares? These guys are a website. You know what I mean? Um, but it's, it's the cumulative effect, right? I mean, that's what you're facing is in terms of, here's the, here's the actual science, you know, in terms of preserving the grasslands and all the rest of these sorts of things. It just, is it a constant effort for you to try and get that information out despite things like this happening? It is. You know, I, I believe, and then COVID has actually helped. Uh, consumers realize, you know, they're realizing more than they have done for probably generations that, that food is, is fairly important. I think we went a lot of generations that food was just taken for granted. Mm -hmm. There is a, a movement, and I don't know why, I've got a pretty good idea, but to get rid of animal agriculture to save the planet. Well, actually, if you look at the science, if you get rid of animal agriculture, you aren't going to save the planet. You're going to harm the planet. We've we've been uh, spent the last three days putting together a submission to the United Nations for their food security summit coming up in the fall. Uh, we had a presentation from a, a lady who's a, a doctor of something. She actually works for the FAO, which is part of the UN. And one of the numbers that stuck in my head, if you take 0.6 kilograms of a plant-based protein and a cow eats that, she turns that into one kilogram of a meat-based protein. So there's, I mean, there's, it's almost, it almost doubles the amount of protein uh, coming from a cow as it does just coming directly from the plant. 
Yeah, nope. so I mean, this, you've got science to, to, to back up what you're saying. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you trying to get this message out <laughs> and counter the misinformation. Well, we need, we need to do that, and we need, you know, we don't have the money that some of these huge corporations do. Yeah. To, to back, you know, obviously Epicurious got some money from someone. Right. To, to, to promote this. We don't have the money to do that. You know, one thing that we would like to see is some of the some of the major food companies step up. You know, there has been one or two, but in a more of a mass supporting the beef industry. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've, we've, we've brought the most of the environmental NGOs on side because we're all working for the same end to to protect the environment. Uh, so, so the science is all there. Everything's there. You know, one of the people on this these calls putting this thing together for the UN said it can't be old guys like me promoting the beef industry. It's got to be young hip ranchers. Yeah. And I, I said, so you mean I'm not a young hip rancher? <laughs> Apparently the consensus was I'm not. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but we, you know, we're, we're really confident in what we produce. We, we eat our own production. I don't think we want to, we certainly don't want to eat something that's going to be hurting us or the environment. We, like I say, we need the environment to exist. We rely on it. It has to be here. You know, if it rains or doesn't rain, that that directly affects our livelihood and and the cattle that we're looking after. Little things like that. Yeah, there's not a lot of industries that work more closely with the land than what you guys do, and you know the importance is is obvious. So it makes perfect sense to me, Bob. Sure, and and you know. Uh, Take this one more step, because, you know, we, we've been talking about grazing livestock and things. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the feeding, uh, the the feed yards, the feedlots, actually help uh, cattle on a total grass-based diet uh, will actually emit more methane than cattle in the feed yard situation. Okay. And a lot of that is the feed yards is more concentrated feed, and they just sure they just turn into a hamburger quicker. Yeah, exactly. But the other big part of that is, you know, people talk about how cattle are eating food. A lot of these anti-animal people, animal agriculture people, talk about cattle eating food that could be used by humans. And to uh, to a small degree, that's right. I think in Canada, the number is. Like eighty-two percent of what a what a bovine eats is grass and weeds and things that we can't eat. Yes, yeah. So then, then you come to the other eighteen percent, and and it's seven or nine percent of that is wasted crops that that might have been going into the food chain, but for one reason or another, drought or wet or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, they they can't be consumed by people. And, I mean, in our case right here, we feed about 50 tons of vegetables a week. Wow. Now, that's stuff that would go to a landfill. We've got to deal with a, with a, a grocery wholesaler in Calgary, and the stuff that they can't get to the shelf, yep. for one reason or another, bruised potatoes or something, we, we bring it down here, we turn that into beef. So it's, it's you know, it's upcycling, I guess, if you want to put that sure. way. It's, yeah, exactly, yeah reallocating what would be a lost resource. Well, Bob, so, I'm going to do my best this weekend and have a big old beef barbecue. 
Oh, well, good. <laughs> Did it last night. I'll do it again tonight. So Good. Well, <laughs> I'm strongly in your corner, sir, um, and I appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. Okay, and, and can I say just one more thing? Sure, yeah, go ahead. To get in here on May 4th, and this is for people who, who want to really see what cattle do, we collaborated with Ducks Unlimited Canada. Yes. And Nature Conservancy Canada to put out a documentary called Guardians of the Grasslands. This is going to make its public launch on May 4th, and and if, if you really want to learn how cattle are a solution for climate change, yeah, go to guardiansofthegrasslands.com, and, and it's, it's a pretty eye-opening little documentary. I will do that, Bob. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. You have a great weekend, sir. You too.